0: Writers and critics who prophesize with your pens And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming For the loser now may be later to win For the times, they are a change Senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorways, don't block up the hole. For those who get hurt will be those who have stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls, for the times they are a changing. Come, mothers and fathers, the whole land and don't criticize what you don't understand your sons and your daughters are beyond your command your old road is rapidly aging please get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand for the times they are a-changing the line it is drawn the curse it is cast The slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times they are a-changing And the first one now will later be last For the times they are a-changing
1: What's going to happen? Will everything be okay? What should I do? In these days, we find ourselves too often stuck with these questions on repeat. What's going to happen? Will everything be okay? What shall I do? In these times of relentless change and uncertainty, we grasp at signs and markers, articles of news and analysis. Facebook memes, forwarded emails, as if they're some new zodiac capable of forecasting all that life might yet bring our way, enabling us to plot a course through all the turmoil. As if we could prepare, as if life had ever made any promises of making sense or turning out the way we thought, as if we are not also actors in this still unfolding story. For this hour we gather to surrender to the mystery to release ourselves from the needing to know the yearning to have it all worked out and also the burden of believing we either have all the control or none at all here in our words and in our silence our stories and our sharing we make space for a new breath a new healing a new possibility to take root courage forged in the fire of our coming together and felt in the spirit that comes alive in this act of faith that we believe still a new world is possible and that we're creating it already here and now so come let us worship together this hour These opening words, which are loosely adapted from a piece by Gretchen Haley, they welcome all those who have gathered on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to friends and visitors with us today. It's marvellous that people are discovering us from all over the capital and the country, and indeed the world, including those who might be listening into the podcast or watching this service on YouTube at a later date. It is a freezing day in London and snow is forecast for later this morning. So it's one of those days when I'm secretly glad that I don't actually have to leave the house in order to be able to go to church. For those who don't already know me, my name is Jane Blackhall and having been part of this congregation for over 20 years, I'm currently the ministry coordinator and also your ministry student on placement as part of my final year of training with Unitarian College. I'll be leading the service this morning with plenty of help from members of the congregation. Brian Ellis, John Humphreys and Veronica Nieder will all be offering their personal reflections on turning points, large and small in their lives, moments when something changed. Our lives are full of moments where a chance encounter or a throwaway comment someone makes or a choice we've made, or one of those events that just happened to us whether we like it or not, you know, like a global pandemic. For all of us, these moments and happenings come along which shift the course of our life and set us off in a different direction, whether that's subtly or dramatically. And more often than not, we've got at least some options in how we respond to such moments of change. So in today's service, Brian and John and Veronica will be sharing their experiences, their wisdom, their stories of change. And in the time of meditation later on, there'll be a chance for you to inwardly reflect on times in your own life when something changed too. Before we go any further though, let's take a moment to make sure we've fully arrived. Do what you need to do to settle in. You might wanna wiggle and stretch, scrunch up your shoulders and let them go, or perhaps take one conscious breath. Set aside if you can, anything you don't need to think about for the next hour. Do feel free to keep your camera off if that makes it easier for you to focus, of course we like to see your lovely faces, but if you prefer to lurk, that is totally fine, there will be various opportunities to join in as we go along but they're all entirely optional. Whoever you are, however you are, whatever you feel like as you got out of bed this morning, you're welcome in this gathering just as we find you. I'm going to light our chalice now as we do each Sunday and at other times when we gather, this is a simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over and it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is a part. The lighting of this chalice calls us to attention. As we focus on its flickering light for a moment, let us recall the shared intention that it represents. The intention to co-create a safe and sacred space for our prayer and sharing. A space in which we can reconnect with life's depths and our highest aspirations. A space of solidarity and trust to nurture and strengthen us for the days of our lives.
2: move into a time of prayer now. This prayer is loosely based on some words by Elizabeth Buki. You might want to first adjust your position for comfort, close your eyes or soften your gaze. You might want to focus on the little chalice flame. Perhaps there's a posture that makes you feel more prayerful. Whatever works for you, do whatever you need to do to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now, to be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which is both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, gentle presence which holds us all, we gather in reverence and thanks for you. We're grateful for the gift of another breath, And for each moment of connection and beauty and truth. Cry with us in our pain for our world. Remind us that we are loved just as we are. Remind us that we are connected with all that is. Remind us that we do not journey alone. Give us what we need for today. Call us back to our promises and commitments and values. Help us to love ourselves and each other and to show that love in our actions. Make us instruments of justice, equity and compassion free us from all that is evil and life-denying. For we declare that life and love are stronger than tyranny and fear. A world of beauty and love is coming and we must shape it together. We're living through strange days. This time of pandemic is testing our endurance. Many of us are weary, and this morning some of us are suffering in mind and body and spirit. To those who are dealing with health concerns, we pray, we wish for courage and healing. To those who are mourning losses, we pray, we wish for comfort and connection. To those who are feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, we pray, we wish for rest and solace. Let's pause for a moment now and hold gently all the concerns, both named and unnamed, that are present in our gathering this day. Even in these times of upheaval, we may still find things to appreciate and be grateful for. This morning, some of us have come with joy bubbling in our hearts despite everything. So may we give ourselves permission to feel that sense of uplift, even in the midst of struggle. May we rejoice together, knowing that our joys are multiplied when they're shared. May we remember and return to gratitude for the simple pleasures of our days. And let's pause for another moment and in the silence give thanks for one blessing, no matter how small, one blessing that has touched our life this week.
3: Come round my house after school, said Nick. We'd been friends since we'd been sat together for the first lesson on the first day of starting grammar school. This was a bit later, though, probably 1960. I built myself a record player, he said. This was significant. In those days, unbelievable to anyone born into today's digital age. There was no access to music of choice, unless your parents could afford to buy a record player. His parents had bought him a couple of records. This was the era of vinyl discs becoming available and affordable. And he put one on to play. I had no exposure to music except an occasional tune on the radio. Although I did enjoy the new pop music I heard We listened and I felt indifferent to what I heard, although I did recognize it as what people called classical. But, and I've no explanation for this, somewhere in my head a little voice said, Persist, there's something in this music. What was that? I asked. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Oh. You can make a record player for yourself, said Mick. I'll come round and check your mum's radio will work as the amplifier and speaker. You just buy the turntable and arm. It did work. I bought the turntable and the arm and made a case for some pieces of hardboard and timber in the shed. Here was change. The ability to listen to whatever I wanted and whenever. I bought my first record from Woolworths, a seller of cheap records at the time. I picked the record at random. I knew nothing about classical music. went home and played it. Again indifferent to the music, but again the voice said, persist, persist. Little did Leonard Penario and the Los Angeles Philharmonic playing the Tchaikovsky first piano concerto, know what they had started. Neither did I. Gradually, I listened to more music. More of us bought records, which we happily swapped around. Jazz, folk, pop, whatever we could lay our ears on. But I always returned to classical music. And 60 years on, I'm still listening. Still finding it shining a light into the darkness, a solace and a resource, the one so called art form that I couldn't do without. Would I have found a love of classical music somewhere other than that one afternoon in Mixed Back Room? Who knows? Would I never have found a love of classical music, perhaps? Who knows? Would life have been like without a love of a classroom? Again, who knows? What I think I do know is that my life did, did begin to change without me realizing, with the slightest of nudges, one afternoon in that back room. And the lesson came with it. Listen to that little intuitive voice which says, this. Keep walking towards the end of the rainbow. Things change. Could I enrich your life? Most of the time that little voice is right. Listen to it. Listen. Good
4: morning, everybody. Yeah, something's changed since the start of this uh, service because uh, it's all gone white outside. And um, I was thinking how much joy that's gonna bring to my my grandchildren. They are gonna be so excited. When when I was thinking about how I might contribute to this theme, three events kept returning to me the death of my mother when I was a young child to two years old, the help I needed to start my recovery from addiction over 20 years ago, and my retirement from medical practice in March last year. It's the last of these three events that I wish to talk about a little bit more today. The change itself was relatively straightforward. The arrival of COVID-19 closed the clinic I'd been working in and I wasn't needed to help staff the altered service uh, when it reopened some months later. So a retirement which was already planned was brought forward by year by events over which I, I had no control. I felt I could let go of the work role that had defined so much of my adult life and that I could continue as as a husband, a father, a granddad and a friend involved in a range of activities. But how to find and use support to guide me through this next stage of my life I still battle in my thinking about how much my my spiritual condition is determined by my changing moods and my reactions to external events. But I have learned that a few simple actions seem to provide some clarity and a measure of internal peace. First, And perhaps for me, the most difficult is acceptance that feeling negative emotions and and physical discomfort, that feeling them is important instead of just using my habitual default mechanism, which is to distract from them or try and fix the problem. Acceptance that I just have to feel them. And then a willingness to use my personal mantra, which was given to me by a, a monk, Nanarato, at a Buddhist monastery in, in Hertfordshire, one cold December day, uh, it was over 15 years ago, I think. Uh, I was sitting in a room, a meditation room, with about 40 other people, sitting thinking what am i doing here i could be on my sofa at home uh in the warm what am i doing i'm you know my head was just so busy and and i looked up and he was and and Ajahn nanarato was sitting there slightly elevated uh, uh, the other side of the of the room and uh he just put his hand up and and of course i thought he was yeah, directly talking to me, He'd seen inside my head and my busy thoughts. He put his hand up and he said, Stop. Come back. Come back to this present moment. Nothing is missing. And I've continued to use that as my as my as my mantra. Come back to this present moment, nothing is missing. And then thirdly, I've come to realize that establishing new routines, now I no longer go to work, requires commitment and effort. Getting up in time for our morning yoga sessions, getting up and ready for that, Maintaining regular connections with my friends, my weekly recovery meetings, my church activities, service, all give structure to my life. Regular visits to our allotment have provided added nourishment, both physically and emotionally. I've come to greatly value the simple naming knowing listening and loving prayers that form the center of our heart and soul gatherings does my higher power have some new purpose for me now i have retired i do not know but i do know that i will continue to need help to hear what my higher power has to say and to take action on it
1: Thank you, John, and thanks also, Brian, for sharing your stories and your wisdom. We've come now to a time of meditation. Again, you might like to have a wiggle, get as comfortable as you can where you're seated. Might want to put your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. Perhaps close your eyes. In a few minutes, we'll have our virtual chalice flame on the screen. There'll be just a few words, a few prompts to take us into a time of meditation. Those words will take us into a good few minutes of shared stillness and the silence will come to an end with some lovely music from Marilisa Valtazanu. It's the song that today's service was named for, Something Changed. It tells of how when we meet someone for the first time, it may seem completely insignificant, but that meeting might then turn out to change everything. As ever, during this time, you're free to think your own thoughts and meditate in your own way. So I invite you now to call to mind a moment in your own life when something changed. Maybe a significant meeting with someone who turned out to be important to you. Maybe a throwaway comment that opened your eyes to new directions and possibilities. Maybe an unexpected event that disrupted your well-laid plans and forced you to adapt. Perhaps the change you initiated yourself after a lot of careful thought or maybe one you made on a whim. It doesn't have to be a very weighty change with huge consequences. Every day we make hundreds of small choices about this and that and as way leads on to way our life changes. So I just suggest you follow whatever arose for you off the back of those prompts and ponder it in the silence. In this time of shared stillness. Let's reflect on some of the turning points in our life.
0: this song two hours before we met. I didn't know your name or what you looked like yet. I could have stayed at home and gone to bed. I could have gone to see have changed your mind and seen your friend. Life could have Questions that don't matter anyway. Just give us a kiss to celebrate.
5: Many of you know that I live with cancer. I've known I have cancer since 2006, when I had a simple operation to remove a cyst from somewhere near my ovaries. They analyze the cells to reveal that I was living with a very unusual, slow-growing cancer, which I may have had for years. The specialists could only recommend major surgery to remove my entire peritoneal lining. During those years, I had a very good quality of life. So I kept refusing their offer. But something changed in how I took care of myself. About four years ago, something else was changing. I was losing weight, though eating well, and I gradually accepted that my Pollyanna way of thinking positively was insufficient to help me survive this cancer. In 2017, the surgeon gave me a six month window for an intervention that promised a fair outcome. So in April, 2018, I went through the big surgical procedure, but not before six months of massive home clearance had produced a very necessary change. Dozens of big black bags of Papers, files, meaningless clutter, as well as giveaways of lovely furniture and nice things to good new homes. Clearance and renewal. A rebirthing of my new home. So that when I returned, if I returned, surgery, I would come back to a clear, beautiful, healingful space. My yoga practice over the previous three years had given me a complete reorientation to life. It was enabling an integration of mind and body that for me was critical to any future well-being that I could ever hope or wish for. Well, I survived the surgery. That was nearly three years ago. I came home with 80% of the cancer removed. 20% still there. It was too complicated and dangerous to remove all of it. So I came home with a much reduced digestive system, an ileostomy bag, and massive gratitude for still being here, in this body, in this body incarnation my body has become my teacher i realized that i'd been living for over 60 years with my head about three feet in front of me body left behind running to keep up and probably hovering about two feet off the ground that's what it felt like My body is now my boss. My feet are on the ground. My previous normal was giving all energy outward, all give away and much depletion. The new normal is appropriate attention to self-care, and nurturance and thus resourced at all levels, I have bottomless abundance for sharing with others and that's healthy giveaway. Also for about six months now, I've been seeing a functional medicine doctor in the private sector. So, under her care, I'm taking substantial quantities of supplements with my meals and my yoga practice has enabled a responsible, everyday, vitalized way of being. And so, my entire lifestyle and rhythm have changed. My NHS care is now transferred to the Royal Marsden in Fulham. I have quarterly CT scans to keep track of the cancer cells that are still there. I kept turning down their offer of chemotherapy because they could give little to no evidence that this could be effective with the particular cancer that I have. But I did have episodes of stoma stuckness, which took me at cliff edge several times. I pulled back on my own, but when it happened again in May last year, I admitted myself into hospital for immediate intravenous hydration, which I know works and kickstarts my system again. It's simple. Eventually, I did get the hydration. But also, an aborted, non-surgical, invasive procedure. Ghastly. Starvation for 12 days. of oh. I think the doctors panicked when they saw what was inside me and felt they had to do something. Even so, there was much learning in this experience and blessings too. And so I left the hospital three weeks later, more open to the chemotherapy, bi-weekly infusions, first five infusions seemed to give me none of the side effects that I'd been warned about.
6: Hurrah!
5: <laughs> Ugh. But the sixth infusion flattened me. Fortunately, this was just before the CT scan, which compared to the scan before the chemo started, showed no positive effect on my condition whatsoever. It was not helpful, other than enforcing me to find ingenious ways to take care of myself under its grisly onslaught. So we aborted the chemo process. The dear doctors at the Marston are rather confused that I choose not to try another chemo variety, but they do insist on checking in on me, which is rather wonderful. <laughs> Three months later, that's early December, just over a month ago, my most recent scan shows no development, no growth. No growth at all of what should not be there. The super best evolvement would be withdrawal of the stuff, shrinkage and dissolving into nothing. I am ever hopeful, (laughs) but no development is already awesome. So my focus is now to put on weight, develop strength and practice a rhythm of being which is totally nurturing with increasing sensitivity and response to the wisdom of my body my yoga practice teacher and community are a lifeblood for me my church community are like family i notice i get quite amused annoyed when people talk about what i live with cancer in a sorrowful, commiserating attempt at sympathy. The latest report from Cancer Research UK in 2015 says that one in two people will develop cancer at some point in their lives. What I live with is something I am grateful for. It has woken me up. I am indeed alive. Incarnation is a blessing. Every breath, treasure it in the same way we should treasure and not abuse or trash our dear blue green planet earth we all live
6: on a cliff's edge
1: Thank you so much, Veronica, for sharing your story, your reorientation to life and the reminder to treasure and celebrate this precious gift of life that we've been given. In that spirit, let's sing together now an oldie but a goodie today's hymn, The Joy of Living. It's performed by the Unitarian Music Society and features an actual church organ, which we don't get to hear that often. This hymn lists many of the things we can give thanks for in this universe of change. Don't worry, Janine's going to make sure we're all muted so you can sing along safe in the knowledge that the rest of us won't be able to hear you. The words will appear on your screen and you can sing along, but feel free just to listen if you'd rather. Thanks again to Brian and John and Veronica for their stories and reflections today. Thanks to Marilisa for the lovely music. Thanks to Janine for her ever so professional hosting and reassuring presence at the helm. As always, there are a number of opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. We've got our coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesday morning on Zoom, ever eccentric conversation. Feel free to join us if you haven't been before. Uh, Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering, uh, is on tonight and on Friday on the theme of memories. There are still a few spaces both tonight and Friday. If you want to sign up, let me know. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service, about 10 minutes in small groups if you'd like to hang on for that, no obligation. And if you're a newcomer today, um, you know, feel free to get in touch, drop us an email, introduce yourself. Um, we'd love to hear from you. It's a bit difficult to get to know people in this new Zoom format, so feel free to reach out if you'd like. If you can bear it, we like to take a group photo after the service. So please stick around after the closing music for that. Got a couple of um, save the dates for you. Uh, West London Green Spirit is having an immolt gathering on Monday, the 1st of February at 3pm on Zoom and a bit further ahead. Brian's doing a poetry sharing evening on Wednesday, the 24th of February at seven. We're trying a new time slot for that. So we'll see how that goes also wanted to let you know about a new project on the horizon now that we're not producing a regular newsletter we thought it'd be nice to find another way of sharing some of the writing and art that our very creative congregation members are producing so we're planning a quarterly creative journal to which anyone connected to the church can send in articles poems artworks photos where you like really each issue will have a theme and the first theme is home so have a look at the email where you got the link for this service for more details the deadline for submissions is mid march we'll be back again for another service next sunday at 10 with sarah and harold Um, bring your friends feel free to share the link with trusted chums and uh, this is a perfect way for people to try us out in a kind of low stress fashion while they're just dropping in from home got some closing words now, um, followed by some more lovely music to end. So perhaps if you feel like it, select gallery view for these closing words so that we can all see each other and get a sense of our wider community at the end of our gathering. (laughs) We walk this earth, but a brief moment in time. Amid our suffering and pain, no matter how great or small, let us continue to learn how to celebrate life in all its glory. Whatever complications, difficulties and unexpected turns we face, let us continue to flourish and grow in our capacity to love ourselves and each other. And let us each play our part in bringing about a changed and better world for all. Go well, everyone, in a renewed spirit of peace and hope with the wisdom and the courage you need to meet the week to come. Amen.